Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Paul Corivo from Altura. Paul, it's really nice to have you on. It's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, I'm super excited. So tell me a bit about yourself and your background, Paul. Sure. A little about me. I'm the VP of marketing at a fast-growing spatial computing software company called Altura. I'm happy to give more details about that in just a minute. But my path to this role actually started because of my love of reading and writing, believe it or not. I studied English at university basically because I loved to read and to tell stories, even though I actually had no idea how I was going to monetize those skills at all, uh, make it a career. But that wasn't optimal career planning. No, no, no doubt about that. But fortunately, I, after university, I was able to actually put my skills to use right away because after I graduated, I was hired as a technical writer at a company called Novell. I'm guessing that some of the folks on the, or your listeners might remember Novell because back in the, it was the mid to late 90s, Novell was actually a huge technology success story in the Utah area. It really invented the, the market for network operating systems, local area networks. So that experience got me hooked in the IT world and tech as a career, which I've been in ever since. So a couple of years after working for Novell, I went back to school and got my MBA at, at Brigham Young University. And then worked in a number of marketing leadership roles, companies like uh, I2 Technologies and Microsoft. And along the way, I had the opportunity to build and manage and and eventually sell my own management consulting company, as well as uh, a few startups. So that brings me to today where I actually run marketing for Altura, which is, like I said, a, a spatial computing startup. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me a bit more about Altura. Sure. Altura is a leader in spatial collaboration in the enterprise. So what does that mean? Spatial computing is really an umbrella term uh, that encompasses augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, all those realities. Uh, And the idea is pretty simple. The idea is that humans are spatial beings. Mm -hmm. We live in three-dimensional spaces. And if you think about the evolution of computing, we've seen this evolution from the early days, if you remember DOS, the early days of the command line interfaces to the Windows and Mac days of mouse-based, icon-driven user interfaces, right? Icon-based user interfaces. To today, where you're starting to see a lot more adoption of uh, more personal 3D interfaces and virtual environments, hologram-based environments that let you interact with these high-fidelity virtual images as if they were present, even whether it's machines or spaces. And that's changing the way people do computing and it's changing what people are able to accomplish and how companies are able to be productive. So it is a real significant shift. But we sell into the manufacturing, retail, education, healthcare, and real estate and facilities. Those are the industries right now that we're seeing a lot of adoption of, of spatial computing. It may sound... When I talk about things like holograms, it may sound a little futuristic, but it's not at all. 
it's here and it's actually growing quite fast. So the reason spatial computing today is in, in high demand, especially among Fortune 500 companies, is because COVID, believe it or not, over a year ago, huge population of workers started working from home. Companies had to figure out how do how are we get, how are people going to get work done? The pandemic accelerated pretty dramatically the need for organizations to put in place processes, standards, right, procedures for remote work, especially with frontline workers. You and I, many other people that I work with, we're, we're, we would call us information workers. But the reality is that the majority of the workforce today, of the global workforce, is made up of frontline workers. There's over mm. 2 billion frontline workers. That's 75% of the global workforce. Mm. Uh, it's a massive audience. And they need tools to be able to collaborate and be productive, whether or not they're on site, whether they're remote or on site. If you have someone on the manufacturing floor that assembles engine parts, right? Or other kinds of employees that need to be trained before they can be productive. How do you do that if they're working remotely? Mm -hmm. Literally dead in the water. Like they can't train if they can't touch the machine or can they? That's where we come in. If you're designing a, a new headquarters in Manhattan, a huge building, you're spending billions of dollars on a new building in Manhattan. How do you collaborate with your designers, your engineers, architects to review the design plans. So in a way where it, 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 you can actually see the design. So you're not necessarily just looking at 2D drawings, for example. How do you do, bring all these people together if they're working remote? Because the pandemic forced us to think about all these issues. But that's what spatial computing can actually solve for. And it's what, it's what Altura solves for, which is the ability for employees to train to learn, to collaborate within a digital twin. In other words, a virtual replica or a hologram of a physical space or a piece of equipment. So you can actually visualize, train from anywhere at any time using nothing but a device, a mobile phone or a head mounted display like the HoloLens, the Microsoft HoloLens. Very cool stuff. So Paul, tell me about sales and marketing this year. So obviously, crazy times. And I'd love to dive into some of the aspects that you're thinking about when it comes to sales and marketing in this space, in this market. Yeah, we've had to rethink our, our marketing approach basically to align with these unique times. With COVID still very much impacting the way companies work, we've had to really rethink our marketing motion. The role of marketing hasn't changed. It hasn't changed for us. I don't think it's changed for, for most organizations in that we still need to create you know, customer value. We still need to drive customer satisfaction. So those goals are still at the heart of our strategy. But if we take a more, a slightly more academic view of marketing, say from say Philip Kotler, Northwestern or any other academics who, who talk about marketing as the delivery of customer satisfaction at a profit, right? The big question for us was, how are we going to deliver customer satisfaction and create value with limited or really no personal interactions? Uh, in other words, how do you maintain that level of intimacy with our customers? And when I say intimacy, I'm, I don't mean in terms of an HR violation, I mean in terms of understanding deeply their business challenges and helping them set up their pilot projects, um, helping them deploy, manage, and use our software, right? 
how do we make sure that they're set up for success? And that was an important kind of inflection point or, or, or fork in the road, if you will, because we wanted to pivot and make sure that our customers, despite all the challenges presented by COVID, um, we, wanted that, we wanted to make sure that they could clearly identify business value and, and business impact from working with us. And that meant for us really focusing on three areas, placing a much deeper emphasis on three key areas in 2020. And these focus areas are continuing into 2021 as well and will influence our, our company greatly. So first, we phased our marketing and sales approach, essentially our marketing and sales life cycle to match essentially how our customers are approaching the evaluation process. Hmm. In other words, how they're evaluating our software, right? So we got signal pretty early in, in terms of the pandemic, right? Last March when it hit, we got pretty clear signal that our customers, they loved our product, but because of the pressures of remote work and during that time, they needed a phased approach to basically coordinate evaluation of our software and coordinate all that goes into gathering input, measuring impact, comparing other offerings, testing trial software. So instead of, for us, instead of moving from demo to aiming to close a sale and maximizing revenue, we designed essentially a set of offerings that customers can purchase from us as they transition from free trial, you know, no cost, to a proof of concept, to a pilot, to adoption in, the, in, those, phased, in those phases, so in a phased approach. And that gives our customers a lot of flexibility in basically to fund those baby steps along the adoption curve, while at the same time requiring them to have skin in the game. Not everything's free. So it allows us to demonstrate value throughout the process, improve our customer relationships by working closely with them in that process, and capture a lot of really great metrics to help support them so that they can actually showcase their success internally within their company, which allows them to then further invest in, in additional in our product. And at the same time, it allows us to monetize those phases through these various offerings. So that was one marketing-driven activity that we drove that has proven to be a huge benefit to both us and our customers. Hmm. The second um, kind of big shift that we made was really aligning our customer care, our customer care team, which is led by our VP of customer success, Sumana Chatterjee, with our account-based marketing initiatives. Hmm. And so when I talk about account-based marketing initiatives, I differentiate that from, say, our more traditional demand gen, lead gen based activities. Account-based marketing activities, meaning deeply focused on a, just a, a limited set of accounts where we have specific plans, marketing sales plans for those specific accounts. And what that means is that for those top accounts, we built account-specific plans to help them succeed and not just succeed with our product, but help them evangelize that success internally. So we partnered with these five to six top accounts. We discovered through our conversations with our, our internal champions at those accounts, what we call our exec sponsors, 
that they very much want, not just want, but they welcome our assistance with measuring and, and capturing value delivered so that they, again, so they can promote their spatial computing strategy as part of their transformation and innovation initiatives. So really, again, partnering with our customer care team, but also partnering with our customers to highlight their success, to make sure that we're monitoring, measuring, and evangelizing with them internally has proven to be a tremendously valuable tactic. And third, and, and by the way, that's a, that, that puts a deeper focus on a smaller set of accounts. And, and, and so we, it's a shift of our investments from broader demand gen initiatives to really carving out a bigger portion of our budget, our marketing budget for account specific activities. And third, I would say that we decided to let our customers and our partners tell our story for us by sharing their own success with mm. our product. A lot of companies do this. A lot of companies call this voice of the customer. We call it voice of the customer and voice of the partner, but we're a startup. And so we're still a small, small startup. We're still, we're, we haven't announced our, our, round, our next round of investment, but we are, we're securing investment. We're going through this whole, the fundraising process. We're still very much a start in startup mode, pre-seed even. And so we traditionally relied on essentially, you know, conferences, trade shows, roundtable events. Those were really our demand gen activities. Our, our, that's how we generated leads. So without those channels available to us, we had to find, how do you break through the noise, right? How do we break through? How do we talk to large Fortune 100 companies? There's a lot of noise in this space. So we're very fortunate to have very large clients, very large customers, and very large partners that love to talk about how they're using Altura to innovate. And our customers are, nice. they are the, they're the big named accounts. Microsoft happens to be one of our partners. Thermo Fisher Scientific, right? These are Fortune 500 companies. JP Morgan Chase, Target, Asahi, Qantas, Marriott. We have some great customers using our products. They love to talk about how they're using our products. And so we launched a webinar series called The New Reality of Work, signaling that there's a new type of work, which is spatial computing, but also the new reality is work with, in a COVID environment. So it has a ton, mm. kind of a double meaning, but we launched this webinar series and are posting basically a webinar every month sharing their stories, partners and customers. We're partnered closely with Microsoft as well. They're both a customer and a partner. But without the pandemic, we, we may not have ever invested the time needed to make this webinar series super compelling, but we're glad we did because we have Fortune 500 companies now coming to us saying, hey, I saw one of my competitors or I saw one of uh, this other Fortune 500 company in, in a webinar. I'd love to learn more. What made them successful? We'd love to mirror that kind of success. So those are three pivots we took particularly in 2020 because of COVID, but that continue to be successful and we're continuing to, to invest in those areas in 2021. Love it. That's awesome. Finally, what advice would you give to other sales and marketing leaders for being successful at building lifelong customer relationships? That's a great question. I believe that the core of great marketing is actually anchored on understanding customer wants and needs, and then helping our company deliver value that matches those needs. In short, right, 
going too long here. I'd argue that marketing as a discipline today is very much, I think it's a little too caught up in automation and instrumentation and not nearly focused enough on um, meeting customer needs and then delivering customer value. So mm. finding, I would say, find your internal champion, make them successful, deliver value, promote that value. And the rest of marketing is all mechanics, right? There's an art and a science to marketing, but at the end of the day, it is about helping customers achieve the value and promoting that value. And then you'll find that business comes. And that's been the key to our growth in, over the past 24 months. That's awesome. Hey, thanks so much for joining the podcast and sharing all your wisdom and insights here. Much appreciated. It was great to be with you. Thanks. Totally.